Ezra chapter 7, verse number 27. If you are able and willing, I would invite you to stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. I'll read these two verses of Scripture, and Lord willing, we'll point out four things, and we'll go to the house quickly. Amen. And the Bible said, Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers, which hath put such a thing as this in the king's heart, to beautify the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem, and hath extended mercy unto me before the king, and his counselors, and before all the king's mighty princes. And I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me. And I gathered together out of Israel chief men to go up with me. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. God, thank you so much for uh, meeting with us this morning, helping us, God, in Sunday school time and the song service. And Lord, how thankful we are that you came and be born for man, God, so we could be reconciled unto you. Lord, how thankful we are for that. Uh, Lord, really, what is the spirit of Christmas? Lord, thank you for that. Uh, being the Savior who would come and die for mankind. Lord, I pray, Lord, you'd help us this morning to set our attention to the Word of God just for a few moments. Help us, Lord God, to be attentive to what the Scriptures say. But, Lord, let us be attentive to the Spirit of God as He speaks to our heart. I pray, God, that you would deal with the saint. God, help them where they need this morning. And, God, if there's one lost this morning under the sound of my voice that does not know you as Lord and personal Savior and does not have hope or peace concerning eternity, I pray today would be the day they came to know you and your saving love. I love you, Lord, and I thank you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You might be seated. I gotta bring us up to speed quickly uh, because it's uh, we gotta had two weeks in between messages. But uh, let me say this by way of introduction: we'll jump right into it. Right here in Ezra chapter number seven, we follow the recitation of Artaxerxes' letter to Ezra. Uh, Artaxerxes uh, gives a, a instruction to Ezra and concerning Ezra in chapter uh, seven, verses twelve through twenty-six. And now the word of God is going to record the joyous response of Ezra. He had been commissioned, he had been commended, his needs had been covered, and Ezra rejoiced in these things. Why? Because he had reasons to rejoice. I want to look at these two verses this morning and preach on this thought, joyous realities, joyous to joyous realities. And we sing joy to the world. I think we can have joy in the world. Amen. Joyous realities. Number one, what's the first reality we see here in verse 27? The Bible said, Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers, who has put such a thing in the king's heart to beautify the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. The first reality we can point this morning, this joyous reality, is the reality, number one, the reality in him, the reality in him. In the midst of it all, Brother George, he said, Blessed be the Lord God. And can I tell you that's the difference between a saved person and a lost person? A lost person is looking around at what 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 why the world caused such a thing, but a child of God looks into their heart and recognizes God is the orchestrator of it all. And Brother Bill, there's something in us. The world is searching for answers, Sister Susie, but the answer's already in us. Now, I don't know about y'all, that's a joyous reality this morning, amen. Yes, and there's something in me. Blessed be the Lord God. Uh, the previous verses record the goodness of Artaxerxes toward Ezra. But Ezra does not give Artaxerxes the glory. You read verse 12 through verse 26, it's Artaxerxes being good to Ezra over and over again, brother Bill. Every uh, aspect you can think of, I mean, almost limitless provisions, but Ezra does not pause and thank Artaxerxes. Brother George, he pauses and thanks 
the Lord God of heaven and earth. He thanks the Lord. He chooses to give God the glory. Can I tell you today, we can, we can choose to, to thank man or thank mamma or thank this person or that person or thank the White House or thank the State House. Well, we could just take time to thank the God of all heaven and earth. Amen. I remember the story of, of a man named Mike that I met many years ago and he was a, he moved to an area and he was going to help a church and he was a good man, a good servant of the Lord and somebody gave him a little building that he could turn into a tiny home and he advertised it on social media and said, look what God did for me. And the woman who, uh, who her and her husband had parted, she said, God didn't do that, I did. I'm number one, how is that lady still alive? Number one. But number two, we don't steal the glory from the Lord. I don't want somebody uh, somebody uh, comes and, and brags on me or says something about me or my family or my children. I, one of the first things I want to say is to God be the glory. Miss Kathy, if anything good comes, it's not me, it's not you, it's not the kings of this world. It is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There was something inside him. You said, Brother Jacob, what are you saying? When you have nothing in you, you get depressed, defeated, and, and bogged down. But uh, Miss Ginger, despite what Whatever circumstances are going up, there's something in you. It will be there forever. Amen. But something's in me. I got some joy in me. Y'all with me this morning? Say amen. amen. He chose to give God the glory. In so doing, he referred to the Lord as the Lord God of our fathers. God of our fathers. Brother, I probably wouldn't have said it that way. I didn't wake up this morning and say, thank the God of Brian Beatty. I didn't say that. I, di- I didn't say that. I didn't, he's not just my, my daddy's God. He's my God. You said, Brother Jacob, is, is that what Ezra's doing? He's trying to uh, make separation between him and God. Is he trying to disassociate his relationship with the Lord? That's not what he's doing at all. He's not trying to conceal his personal relationship with God. Ezra referring to the Lord as he did illustrated a wonderful, wonderful fact. While rejoicing in God's present goodness, Ezra recognized God's previous goodness. Brother Bill, he was thanking God for what he did right then, right there, and giving him the favor of an earthly king. But he reached back into the past when he was the God of their fathers. And he said, thank you, God, for not being good now, but thank you, God, for always being good. Uh, You find that in the... uh, um, Different uh, important characters out through the Old Testament. One thing they say is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. And what they're doing, Sister Cohen, is not saying he's not their God. What he's doing is saying, thank you for being good to Abraham. Thank you for being good to Isaac. Thank you to be good for Jacob. Are you hearing me this morning? He's not just a good God today, but he's been a good God all the other days. Amen. And that's something that's got in to get into you and recognize the goodness of God. Because I want to tell you something. If we let the world have its way, we let our mind have its way, we let the Satan have his way, we'll be depressed and defeated and discouraged. Can I tell you something this morning? I have something that the, 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 Lord, uh, the Lord's given me that the devil can't take away. Amen. And uh, you say, well, I need an example. I got news last week. The three got saved by the grace of God. Man, I was excited. Amen. But I immediately, I wish you could have been there. Amen. Wish you could have been there. Wish you could have been there. And I do wish I could have been there. But listen to me, listen to me good. If I had been here, I wouldn't have been the one, I, I would have been the one preaching, and I would have been preaching that exact message that needed to be preached that day. So God knows. You say, "Well, it sounds like God was bad to you." No, no, no. God was good to me, and He was good to everybody else in the process. Has ever occurred to you? Nothing's ever occurred to God. 
We have to think on our feet. Amen. God thinks in eternity. Hallelujah. He already knows. He's already working. Ezra thanked God for His present goodness, but he thanked God for His previous goodness. And you say, well, I don't got a lot to thank God for today. Mm. Mm. Well, number one, you're lying. Because we all got something to praise God for. Why well, I'm sick. Well, you're alive. Well, they died. At least you had them for a little while. I don't like that food. Well, at least you're not starving to death. My house needs new siding. Well, at least you got a house. My bed's lumpy. At least you got a bed. Are y'all hearing me this morning? You stop focusing on the things and think about the one who gave the things. The reality's in him. Blessed be the Lord God. You say, Brother Jacob, what are you talking about? He's still in captivity. He's still in captivity. His mom and dad died in captivity. He had spent his whole life in captivity. Y'all hearing me? In a foreign land, strangers, and through it all, God said, I'm going to bless you, Ezra. Born in captivity. His whole life. That's all he had ever known. What did he do? He praised the Lord. Well, Ezra didn't live in our day in 2023. is far darker. Listen to me. The same God that blessed Ezra in his days, the same God that'll bless you in your day. And you just ought to let that get in you and ruminate on it, think on it, chew on it, dwell on it, rest in it, because God is good. Let that get in you, the reality in Him. He essentially gave God for not only be good now, but for always being good. When this perpetual goodness of God lingers in you, you too will rejoice. I think there's a lot of people, they love God. I believe that they believe that he, and trust His existence. I believe maybe you believe the message of the gospel, that Jesus came and died and was buried and rose again. That I, You believe that. But Brother Bill, we're not going in the, living in the perpetual goodness of God and we lose track of, of, of the things of God and we think on the things of the world and you don't have any joy and you're miserable in your feet. And you live a miserable existence. You say, well, how can you be so excited with sickness and struggles and this and that and the other? It's not about the sickness, struggles, and all the other stuff. It's about the Lord. But Sammy Allen, great man of God, he's been in heaven since 2020. But this is one thing I always used to say, and you've heard me say it before. He said, happiness is based on happenings. Uh, yes. But joy is of the Lord. Yes. Joy is of the Lord. That's something in me. The world can't take that away. I'm in the world, but I got God in me, and I can have joy the reality in him number two not only the reality in him we see the reality above him look at the end of verse number 27 which hath put such a thing as this in the king's heart to beautify the house of the lord which is in jerusalem we see this joyous reality of the reality above him ezra was rejoicing over god working in his life you say, well, I'm not following you, Brother Jacob. God was actively working in Ezra's life. You say, well, God don't work in my life. Okay, here's two things. Number one, either you, you can't see it or he's not. He Listen, I, I'll plug your string. I buy presents for my kids because they're my kids. They're my kids. I did, there's a subdivision called Lake Avalon subdivision right across the road from our house. Brother George, I didn't go house to house at, at Avalon subdivision and say, hey, what y'all's kids want for Christmas? They're not my kids. Right. Yes, God does things in my life. Why? Because I'm one of His kids. Right. Amen. You say, I'm not following you, brother. 
Ezra's in Babylon. God is in heaven. And God is still working in Ezra's life. The reality is above him. He's rejoicing in God working in his life. He was rejoicing because God was not just some far off God. You know, think, think about this, uh, this biblical account of uh, the contest of Baal there. I think it's in 1 Kings chapter 17, chapter number 18. We find Elijah is the prophet of God. And then you have all these prophets of Baal. And Elijah said, we don't, we're going to settle this. Who's God's for real? Is it God or is it Baal? And what happens, Mr. Ginger, is uh, Elijah said, you're not going to have these altars. And whichever God sends the fire is the true God. And all these prophets of Baal, and they had one prophet of the Lord. His name was Elijah. And Elijah, he was so confident in his God. He said, I'm not just going to pray for fire. I'm going to dig a trench around the altar. I'm going to pour water on the sacrifice, fill the, the, the trench around the altar with water. And he's going to pray. Brother Brandon, he prayed some 60 words. And the fire of God fell from heaven. It ate the fire. It ate the sacrifice. It ate the wood. It ate the water out of the trenches. And the stones in there ate every bit of it up. And Elijah says, all right, guys, y'all's turn. They danced. They cut themselves. They screamed. They chanted. They called on Baal to come. And you know what Elijah did? I got to tell you, y'all read this for yourself. Elijah said, maybe he's on a long journey. Maybe he's taking a nap. Maybe he stepped away to go to the restroom. Maybe your God just can't hear you. And they begged and pleaded for Baal. Baal didn't come. Y'all hear me? Baal didn't come. And you know, you say, well, you shouldn't make fun of them. The Bible tells us Elijah mocked them. That's right. Amen. Elijah mocked them. You say, That's a different message for a different day. But their, their God had to be waited on. Well, he'll come. He, he'll eventually come. He'll eventually do. Now, we don't serve a God who, Brother Brandon, we've got to seek and uh, uh, call out for him. Then he'll, he'll be there eventually. No, we have a God who anytime, every time we need him, we, we can get him on the main line and tell him what we need. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, y'all with me? Amen. He's not just some far off God. You know, if you seek help like you send a message in a bottle, and hopefully somebody finds it. No, you can talk to the God of heaven, and Brother Bill, he will hear. Amen. He was rejoicing because God was an active God in his life. I don't know why this came to my mind, but y'all just have to deal with the example God gave me. In the business world, there are some higher-ups. You can call them executives or important people, whatever you want to call them. There are some higher-ups that have no clue what their employees do or how to do what their employees do. And there are hires-up who have no clue about the affairs of their employees. They don't know what they do. They couldn't do it. Uh, if, even if, 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 if they, you put a gun to their head, they could not do what their employees do. That's a bad boss. Yeah, there's plenty of them. God is not that way. Amen. Sister Chris, he knows about what's going at the plant. He knows about what's going on in production. He knows about the welfare of not only his workers, but his, the workers' families. Y'all with me? He, he knows if you need a break. He, why? Because he is one kind of God who works above us. Some people look at God as He's some kind of condescending God, and He's some. Some people have in their mind that He's some uh, ugly little kid with snot nose with a magnifying glass roasting ants. Don't let that be your view of God. Some people have that father father time idea of God. He's some old man with dementia, a long beard, and hair growing out of his ears. 
Y'all laugh. That was funny. That's what you think of God, but He is not that. He's an ever-present help God, and He's sitting on the throne in heaven, ever making intercession for you and I. It doesn't say He's in the Bahamas. It doesn't say He's getting a sandwich. It doesn't say He's taking a nap. It says He ever liveth to make intercession for us. He don't work in my life. Are you one of His? Are you one of His? I take care of my kids because they're my kids. Amen. God's not that way. God is involved. He knows what's going on in our lives. He knows what, and He's ever working in our lives. He said, I'm not following you, brother. Ezra lived in an anti-God world and was governed by ungodly leaders and was filled with ungodly people. Does that not sound like America? Godless leaders, a godless society, uh, godless people on every hand. And you say, that sounds like the world today. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's awful. But God blessed Ezra anyway. That's right, yes. And this world can be on fire, but God's people can be shielded from the fire. Amen. We may have to smell the smoke and see the ash. Amen. Um, but God can protect His people from Amen. the fire. I hope y'all follow me this morning. He is a God. You might have to be in the fire furnace, but He'll protect you from it. You might have to go through the high, high, high flood waters, but He'll be with you through the flood. Amen. You may face the C word. Come on. Brother Bed, He's going to be there. You say, well, my family member faced that and they died, Brother Jacob. I hate that they died, but listen to me. The same God who heals in those situations, the same God who intervenes and gives special grace the world has to turn to a bottle the world has to turn to prescription but God can give special grace to his people y'all hearing me this morning it sounds a lot like our world today but God is still good God still blesses his people we're talking about a reality above him I'm glad uh, I think it's the Isaac sang the song he sits high and he looks low and he guides my feet wherever I go when I don't understand, I have a Father. Oh, I have a Father. I have a Father who can. Amen. Life comes with bad. It's true for everybody. Life comes with bad. But God is still good. Your tires are going to blow. Your appliances are going to break. Your kid's going to get sick. The dog's going to be a brat. I mean, come on now. Life is going to be bad. It comes with bad. But God is still good. We haven't... An above us God who is working in our lives right now. The reality in Him. The reality above Him. And I'll say this quickly in verse 28. We see the reality beyond Him. And hath extended mercy unto me before the King. And His counselors of all the King's mighty princes. A reality beyond Him. It's a reality beyond us. Ezra may have experienced mercy with these people. But he did not receive it from these people. Right. Mercy. So what is mercy? Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. You say, Brother Jacob, what, give me an example of mercy. I deserve to be in hell. Amen. But I'm not in hell today. Why? That is the mercy of God. Right. Grace is a subject altogether different. Grace is getting, uh, is getting what you do not deserve. Mercy is I'm not in hell, but grace is I get to go to heaven. Right. I don't deserve heaven, but I get to go there one day after a while. But Ezra focuses mercy. Uh, Ezra was a sinner as we all, we all are, and him getting mercy was the fact that something he did not deserve. As a sinner, Ezra deserved to stay in the land of captivity. But can I throw out a note? 
Ezra was in the land of captivity, but it had nothing to do with Ezra. Ezra was in, was in captivity, Mr. Gentry. It wasn't his fault. He, his, his sin wasn't what Jeremiah prophesied about. His sin wasn't what insta, uh, 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 inspired the, um, the conquest of, of, of Nebuchadnezzar. No. That was his forefathers. This is. So I'm not following you, Brother Jacob. Outside of Christ, we all deserve hell. Yes, sir. And it has nothing to do with us. It has to do with our forefather, That's right. Adam. Adam fell on sin. The Bible says because Adam sinned, all man is passed into sin. Yep. Romans chapter number 5. You can read it for yourself. But just as Ezra was in a place that he was in and it wasn't his fault, God showed Ezra mercy. Right. And just because today we are born with a sin nature and we are uh, destitute of righteousness and we need God Almighty, God gives us mercy even though it's Adam's fault. We can have mercy. Y'all with me? Amen. And God in His mercy has given mankind the opportunity to escape eternal judgment. How? Through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The mercy that God extends is beyond what we can extend. God's mercy is beyond our comprehension. God's mercy is beyond exact duplication. We can try to emulate it, Brother Bill, but we cannot duplicate it. Human love and grace are not equal to God's love. And grace. Would y'all agree with that? Amen. I can't show grace. I can try, but I can't give grace like God gives grace. I can love, but I can't show love like God gives love. And therefore, we cannot give mercy like God gives mercy. Can I give you an example? I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. We had, we had a fellow called the church a couple weeks ago, and he, was, he gave a story. And Brother Ed, whether it was true or not, I don't know. Uh, but he gave his big old story. I called Brother Ed and said, hey, is there anything we can do about it? And we, we, you know, we were able to do a little bit. He said, I'm, I'm going to be in church tomorrow. I'm, me and we're going to be in church tomorrow. We're going to be there. He never came. He never came. He lied. God will say, I'll give you another chance. If that guy calls again, it better be for service times. All right? Now, I know y'all judging me right now. Somebody hit us up the other day. Sir, we don't have anything to eat. I could tell his face is sunk in. His face is sunk in. And that only happens for a couple of reasons. Real bad sickness or abuse of some kind or starvation. And I'm like, I could just tell. I just had that, that sensor ding, ding, ding go off. He said, well, we can, we, can, you know, we can do something. I'm like, fine, if you want to go and tell him. He said, I need some bread, some milk, and some, uh, and some egg, eggs, bread, and milk. I'm like, man, what a horrible sandwich. But that's a, that's a different message for a different day. If that's all he wants, we can get him those three things. And he immediately said, well, I'd have to go get my mother. And she really wanted to shop at the Dollar Tree. She's like, oh, Macy, it rung in Macy's mind what was wrong. I would already knew what it was. So why why do you because I've already been burned once. My mercy is not the same as God's mercy. My grace is not the same as God's grace. And yes, it has to do makes he has a better heart than I do. All right. So y'all judge me for that. But the truth of the matter is our mercy is not the same as God's mercy. Our grace is not the same as God's grace. Our love is not the same as God's love. And Ezra was dealing with something that was beyond him. Something beyond him. And God's mercy is unmatched. He is truly merciful. Us, not so much. See what I mean, Brother Jacob? Slap us twice, according to Matthew 5, 39, and you better duck. Y'all laugh. Jesus said, if someone smites you on one cheek, you turn to him the other. 
Well, I got the command, Brother Ed, to give them both cheeks. But after both cheeks, I mean, you better duck real quick. That's my mercy, all right? Amen. But God, on the other hand, He takes the abuse of mankind over and over and over and over again. And He is still merciful. He's still merciful. Y'all follow me this morning? God is merciful. That is beyond me. Listen, there are things, you can say what you want to. You can say that you're a super Christian, and I'll tell you your line. You can forgive anything. If that spouse doesn't, you can forgive anything. There are some things you won't forgive. I promise. There will always be my baby. I love. There are things your children can do that you say, I don't want them in my life anymore. And you say, what are, I'm not going to talk about those things in church. But there are things people can do. You say, I see enough. There's no second chance. There's no grace. I don't want anything to do with that person. They cross the line. And you can lie about it if you want to. But the truth of the matter is, is God is a God who, despite anything, Amen. He will show mercy. There's some people believe in mercy, but say, we want to show people mercy unless they've done blank. Yeah. Well, if they've done blank, they might not be able to help in youth ministry. Amen. Amen. They might be able to come to church, they can help in youth ministry, and they've got to hold my hand everywhere in the church. But they can still have mercy. Are y'all with me this morning? Somebody has that background and says they don't want to, they don't want to abide by those rules. Well, they can go to a different church. Somebody say amen. Our mercy is not the same, but God's mercy, that's beyond us. That is beyond us. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've said this before. I've I got to move on. I'm trying to hurry for the sake of time. There's this... There's one thing that in my mind is so triggering. So triggering. Um, my brother can remember this. My mom will remember this. My dad told us to never spit on anybody. Amen. I don't know if he told you the same thing, but he said, if you ever spit on somebody, I hope they beat you into a coma. That's what he told us. <laughs> you don't spit on people. And one day, one day, my little sister spit on me. And I was, I, well, I was like 15 or so. And it took everything I had not to drive her head through that metal door. I'm just telling you, it's everything. I'll be honest with you. If she is a stranger, I might be serving some time. All right, I'm just going to tell you all the truth. So what do you think? Our mercy is not the same. It's it's beyond me to do exactly like God. And Abby will deny it, but she did it. I I can take you to the house. Amen. Uh, the reality in Him, the reality above Him, the reality way beyond Him. Lastly, we see the reality on Him. Look at it. Look at the second part of verse 28. And I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God was, what's that word? Upon me. And I gathered out of Israel chief men to go up with me. I thought I could probably tie in another reality with the word with, but I'm not. The reality that was on him. As the hand of the Lord my God was upon me, what did it do? It strengthened him. He was rejoicing over being strengthened by the hand of the Lord God. Notice the title Ezra here uses for God. Look what it says. The hand of the Lord. Can you read those next two words? My God. My God. Artaxerxes mentioned God a whole bunch of times. He referred to Him in many different ways, but he never referred to Him as my 
God. It was always Ezra's God, the God of Israel, the God of the Jews, the God of Jerusalem. But he never said, my God. Ezra says, my God. Can I tell you this morning, a little side note, it doesn't matter that he is the God and he's not just a God and he can't just be mama's God or daddy's God or spouse's God or our kid's God or the church's God. He's got to be your God. That principle goes all the way back to Exodus chapter number 12 and the very Passover lamb. And it starts out, Brother Jim, with a lamb. Then it goes on to the lamb. But, Miss Ginger, the shift changed and it says, your lamb. Can I tell you this morning, he may be everybody else's God, but is he your God? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Are you trusting him to take you to heaven when you die? Are you trusting in him to lead you, guide you, direct you in all things? Are you trusting in him this morning? Is he your God? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You call many wonderful names, but you better make sure that He is your God. There's people that will go to hell and be able to recite a lot of pretty stuff. Wonderful names of the Lord, but He's got to be your God. He's not just a God, He's not just the God, and He is the God, but He's got to be your God. Why? He's got to be your God for you to enjoy what Ezra's talking about. He's got to be yours. If you're going to have something in you, he's got to be your God. If you're going to be able to experience that, that above us kind of God and the beyond us kind of God, he's got to be your God. Amen. If he's going to be the God who's got his hand on you, you've got to be one of his if you're going to enjoy what Ezra's talking about. Yes. Notice what Ezra said about God's hand. He said it was upon me. His hand was upon me. God had his hand on Ezra. His hand strengthened Ezra. Makes me think about a song. I can hear Brother Adam Thomas sing it now. We sung it as a child at the church we grew up in. It says, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Uh, the mountain too high and the valley's too wide. But down on my knees, I'll understand because I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Amen. He was strengthened by the hand that... That was on him. It wasn't the hand of a king. It wasn't the hand of, of a friend. It wasn't the hand of a power. It was the hand of God Almighty that was upon him. Let me say this. I'm hurrying. His hand being on you is the key to victorious living. Miss Kathy, if you'd come, you can go and start playing. I'm going to finish up here. It's about the hand that's on you. His hand being on you. That's the key to victorious living. You say, I can't live in victory. It's his hand on you. Is his hand on you. So I'm saved. Well, you're in his hand, but I'm asking you, is his hand on you? I'm in the family, but is his hand on you? That's what I'm asking you today. Can I tell you, there was a time in my life I was in his hand, but I felt like his hand was against me, not on me. Why? Is God being mean? No, I was being dumb. Amen. Yeah, amen. Y'all nod your head. I'm not the only one that's ever been dumb spiritually. Amen. When you're obeying him, his hand's on you. But when you disobey him, his hand is against you. Nice. Yes, sir. I know that, that won't be on TBN, but that's that's true preaching. It's true preaching. The key to victorious living is having the hand of God on you. I know nothing of the topic which I'm about to refer to right here, but for whatever reason, when I was studying this thought came to my mind. If you want to know more about this topic, you can see John Coe after church. He will be able to help you with it. I don't know about this topic. I don't need to know about it right now, but we can talk about it after church, all right? Just, just mention it right here. This thought came to my mind. I know nothing of this topic. God said, has brought this to my mind when I was studying. I did have to investigate this topic just a smidgen so I didn't sound like too big of a fool. 
Google told me that the pawn is the weakest piece in a game of chess. Yes, sir. For what they tell me, kings have no points because they're beyond value. The queens have a certain point. Then the bishops. And then the knights. And then there's the pawns. Brothers. And they have the lowest numeric value in the game of chess. I, listen, I don't know how to play. I, I played once. Cody Bird tried to walk me through it. And he, I just, I'm, I don't even know. I don't remember anything about it. I was trying to play like checkers. Y'all hear me? Checkers and chess aren't the same, by the way. No, sir. Not the same. You can ask John Cole about it after church, all right? But the truth of the matter is, is that pawn, though it's the, brother, brother Bill, it's the weakest piece. as the lowest uh, numeric value. I'll be honest with you, without somebody putting their hand on that piece, it has no intrinsic value. And I give a newsflash this morning, you have no value on your own unless God's hand is on you. I, I don't know what you do with a pawn. I don't know if you move diagonal. I don't know if you go forward or backwards or you land on the brown or the white. I don't really know, okay? I'm just not an expert. But if you put that pawn in the hand of somebody who knows how to play chess, y'all hear me, Brother George? If you, if, I don't know what to do with it. I might be able to put the board up, but I don't know how to play. Amen. Y'all nod your head and look. I'm not, not, I'm not talking some different language. Mr. I don't know what to do with that insignificant piece. But when you put it in the hands of somebody who knows what they are doing, that piece can do everything it was designed to do. What do you mean, Brother Jacob? We, we, don't, we, we can't do that. We mean nothing on our own. But when we get our, Brother Brandon, when God puts His hand on us, we can do everything God has designed for us to do. I'm telling you this morning, I'm glad the hand of my God is upon me. Ezra rejoiced because God's hand was on him, and I pray this morning you'll rejoice that God's hand's on you. Be that, you say, I'm insignificant. If His hand's on you, you can do mighty, mighty, mighty things. Let's stand to our feet this morning.